You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at greenlitpodcast.com and patreon.com slash spirithunterpod respectively. Episode 3 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Sarah, Hannah, Joe, Megan. It's me, and Patrick. This is my voice now. <laughs> and Patrick's not here because we all, he sucks. What does he say whenever Joe's not here? Uh, <laughs> I think it's mostly just like, thank God Joe's not here. Yeah, there you go. So thank gosh Patrick's not here. Uh, that didn't sound <laughs> convincing. Love you, buddy. All right, so last time uh, we watched as Gon, Kiloakai, and a bunch of other hunter hunters travel to the NGL to find the infamous Chimera and Queen. Little did they know that the situation is way more dire um, than expected uh, since the Chimera Ant Army has been growing in numbers, power, and also free will. Uh, this week, we'll see just how much more awful and terrible things will get for pretty much everyone. You better get ready. Awful and terrible is right. Actually, just kidding. It's evil and terrible, which is the name of this episode in English, um, episode 80. It uh, In Japanese, it's Gokuaku to Sayaku, um, originally released in Japan on May 19th, 2013. The equivalent manga chapters are 189, 190, and 204, which were released in Japan on July 19th, 2003. I was eight at the time. No, nine. I was nine years old. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I wish I could have read this. I was moving to Arizona at the time. Whoa. Oh, little little 18-year-old Joe. <laughs> I was 14. I was about to start high school. I was going to say like 26. I was like, uh. oh my God. 70 year old Joe <laughs> coming into town. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, yeah. So let's just say this episode starts off pretty bleak. So the narrator tells us more about the NGL's infamous Shadow Dawn, aka, I always forget. I say Yiro, Gyro, right? His, his name, I, they say Gyro in the English gyro. version. I forget what they say in Japanese, but like, yeah, don't worry about the way the Greek word's pronounced because the way the modern Greek word's pronounced different than the way the historical Greek word is pronounced and most of the words that inherit from it pronounce it like the historical one instead of the modern one. So the word Gyro, Yiro, Shira, Ajiro are all fucked up. So just mm. say it however you want. Okay. Is it meant to be spelled like the food item? Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if in Japanese it's not. And then uh-huh. in English, they're like, well, this is how we'll get people to say it, right? Okay. I will go with Jiro. So, Dreams yeah. of sushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, his childhood was terrible. Um, let's start off with him being born in a construction labor camp and being pretty much forced to work before he could even talk. And let's add that on top of him having an abusive drunk father who'd beat him um, when he would even make one little sound sleeping in the upper bunk bed. So, like, 
it's pretty sad when you watch the episode. You see this little shadow of a kid moving one inch on the upper bunk bed and his dad kicking it and then kicking him. And yeah, it was really sad. Um, it basically forced Gyro to learn how to sleep without making moving a single muscle and like controlling his bladder and like using the empty alcohol bottles that his dad tossed away as like a little, you know, thing. Um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, the one gift, quote unquote, I say that very liberally, that um, his father gave him was don't make trouble for others. So yeah, Gyro tried to follow it and he, I don't know, kind of like a lot of things, you know, you, despite all the abuse, um, he idolized his father for two reasons. One, when he was suffering a really deadly fever at the age of five, his father took care of him all night and stayed by his side. And two, his father never asked or ordered him to leave. So, yeah, not this, the bar is all the way to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All the way at the bottom. Mariana's Trench. Like. Yeah. We can um, talk more about this later, but I feel this is supposed to be an explicit contrast to Gon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm curious to see, talk more about that. Um, one thing that really changed everything was when some douchebag at work told Gyro that his dad only kept him around to bring him money. Um, yeah, understandably, Gyro snapped and he tr- attacked the guy, but, you know, he was only, like, a kid, so he got beaten up super, super badly and there was one point where the douchebag had his foot on his head and um, the douchebag was telling him that it was a neighbor who actually took care of him while he was sick, not his dad, who just didn't give a fuck. And during this fight, um, his dad happened to glance by, looked at him, and then just walked away. Like, what? And so... Anyway, this is when Jaira realized the universe does not give a damn about me. And, uh, kind of relatable. I don't know. (laughs) Same bro, same. Not really, because obviously his life is way worse. But, um, yeah. So he realized then that his father's words and lessons weren't said out of care. Um, but they were for his father's own benefit to keep him around and keep him working. Um, so, yeah, he, Gyro decided to grab a hammer once he got up and he killed his father with it. And, like, you see a scene with a bloody hammer and, yeah, kind of, it's kind of like the end of his story, um, I guess until then nine years later. Gyro decided to, um, he found the NGL, and basically the whole, what he wants to do is to spread evil, um, around the world by distributing the drug DD or D-square. I don't know, like, how it had another name for it. D2 the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) With the (laughs) live-action movie. (laughs) Yes. Um... 
yeah, in the present, um, we see Yunju's team. They've killed all of Gyro's soldiers, and they took over the drug factory. Um, and yeah, it's a really bad day to be in the NGL. Um, you, you could see all the Khmer ants killing humans for food and whatnot. There's even one Khmer ant that looks kind of like a really freaky chameleon. He learned how to use guns, so he's shooting people up like he's in GTA. <laughs> Do, does he have nipples in the anime or only the manga? I'm not sure. I know. I feel you would remember, so I'm going to assume it's in the manga. Yeah. He manga like... exclusive nipples. All right. <laughs> That would have been icing on the cake with his really weird character design already. Um, yeah, um, Pokal's team, they're kind of watching from afar and, you know, they look pretty hopeless at the moment as they see, like, all these, like, Khmer ant soldiers, like, flying with, like, either dead or, like, unconscious people, um, like, in their feet or whatever as they're flying away. Um after that, we um, we go into the actual um, hive, and Colt learns from Chitu that some of the ants are just um, got killed by something other than guns. So Colt goes to examine those corpses. Piggy tells him that some humans possess special abilities that chimera ants don't. The human strength um, lies with the ability to learn things and so if the humans find out where the queen is or that the queen makes them vulnerable the humans are going to do whatever it takes to kill her and weaken the Khmer ants. Cole ain't happy about that. He says they're going to make sure no harm ever reaches her way and he's going to protect Reyna. I mean the queen. Yeah, he meant the queen. At all costs believe it. So, yeah. Reyna means queen, doesn't it? Or it means crown? It like... means queen. Yeah. Okay, so, huh, you know, he's, he's secretly uh, in, bilingual. In Spanish and Portuguese. Yeah, he's secretly bilingual. That's why he had the mix-up. <laughs> I, I do think there might actually be a thing going on there because, like, I think that's a known fact to Japanese people by virtue of the amount of Japanese Brazilians. Mm, interesting. Um. Yeah, so... We go back to Pokal and the other hunters with him, and they know they cannot defeat the Chimerians. So they need to leave NGL and warn the whole world about all the crazy shit that's happening. This is a very bad time to be discussing this because then one ant just jumps up from the ledge and attacks them and chops off the head of one of the hunters. I forgot his name. It doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter. Um, the Headless Hunter, that's his new name. Yeah. <laughs> Pokal, um, he uses his Nen arrow technique to kill that Chimera ant, but then another spider-like Chimera ant, his named Pike, comes for him. Uh, I, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> He's like one too. of my least favorites. <laughs> um, creepy AF, he tries to... When um, Pokal shoots another air at him, Pike, he captures it, he catches it, and then he captures Balda and chomps on his head. Um, Pokal starts throwing punches, and 
is about to land like a more fatal blow, but then he faints because he gets stung by I Zazen Zazan Zazan's tail. Um, Zazan orders Pokol to, um that Pokol's body is turned to the queen because she believes that he has the nutrients of over a thousand humans. Real, so. real quick, mm-hmm. did um. Did you guys watch this in English or Japanese? English. Yo, the spider dude's voice is way creepier in Japanese. Oh, I bet. Oh, I don't, oh, don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't really tolerate it. Actually, oh, wait, the gra- like, like Grandpa? The gra- oh, uh, Grandpa with the anus, yeah. Right, because I watched it in... I watched this uh, in Japanese with the English subtitles last year, and I hated it. Oh yeah, English he's so, so creepy. Yeah. What does he sound like in English? I can't remember. I feel like I. It sounds like this. Ugh, it's me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. weird, but. But weird, but not as creepy. Yeah, yeah and like the Japanese um, dub, it's like a sing-songy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hate it. Kind of voice. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Like it feels yeah. like a stereotype. But I'm not. I can't put my finger on yeah, it. Yeah, like, that was a bit weird. Like he yeah. does seem a bit, a bit like of an affectation. Yeah, and I, but I think it made it creepier. But it is like towing a weird line. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So Ponsu manages to escape, and she uses her bees to help send a message to any nearby hunters for help. Um, just when we think she's gonna make it. What the fuck? She suddenly gets shot and is killed by that very same Chimera ant who was going, like, pretending he was in GTA and, like, shooting everything up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So, Um, yeah. When she's told her bees find the hunters with, like, the most Nen, I don't think she knows Nen, but I think her bees can sense it, which is interesting because there are Chimera ants, and remember, ants are related to bees, like, pretty directly that can sense Nen without realizing what it is. So I wonder, like, what that means for her ability to sense Nen versus, like, what she can tell her bees to do. Yeah. I thought Poco was teaching her Nen. I don't was, Did I make that so? up in, like, a weird fan fiction that I now just thought of? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's anything that explicitly c- contradicts it, but I don't uh, think there's anything that supports it either. Okay, okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish... I was really sad about that one moment. Um, she should have stayed home. Girl, yeah. girly had all the choices and she yeah. made the bad one. My she went after her man. <laughs> yeah. Was Wait, am I making it? that up or were we like kind of, was, or they were just two, a male and a female character on screen who are about the same age? So in 2011, in the anime, they definitely make it seem like it's she's into him and he might not realize. Okay. In the manga, it's, like, nowhere near as hinted at. Like, there's a lot of stuff here that made, like, them more relatable that is not in the manga. Okay, so they gave him more character, basically, in the, an, like, in the anime than in the manga. Yeah. There's, like, these are two people we've met before who happen to be on a mission together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. probably to hurt us more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, them death flags need to, like, show up. Yeah, um, yeah. So we go back to Kite, Gon, and Kiloa. They get the message from um, one of Ponzu's bees. Um, Kite asks if Gon and Kiloa will join him, even if it's dangerous. He also asks Stick and 
Kondungo to leave NGL and to contact the Hunter Association about the uh, the situation with the chimera ants. Um, Kite, Gon, and Kilowa arrive only to find Ponzi's blood and clothes on the ground. Um, the bullet on the ground is made by NGL, uh, but Kite knows that it was Khmer ants that killed everyone, including Ponzu. He states that, like, his worst fear that the ants and the NGL are, like, the worst combo imaginable. And yeah, he's right. It, it's pretty sticking bad. So, Have you guys ever read or watched World War Z? I watched it. I, uh, I haven't read it. And I, yeah, go ahead. The book is super different. The reason I bring it up is there's a zombie outbreak across the world. But basically, like, the, the worst place that it happened was in North Korea because it was, like, hidden for so long. So there's, like, all the citizens were put into a bunker underground. And, like, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, no one's going to North Korea even after fixing the rest of the world because no one knows what the fuck happened to them because we think they all probably got infected in the bunker and there's, like, millions of zombies we'd have to clear out. So everyone's just staying the fuck out of there. So it's very much like the NGL with the Chimera Ant situation. Oh my god! Oh, I never even thought of that. Um, I love World book. War Z because it like reads kind of because it was a uh, it reads kind of like a poli sci like um, like a not a journal. What's not the right word? Not uh, it's like an epistolary like, novel yeah. where it's like letters and uh, correspondence uh, from many different people. Yeah, and I had to read a lot of that stuff in college. Something similar, not World War Z, but like something about like a real like an actual war that happened or um, mm-hmm. actual instances, right? I mean, it reads kind of like that, but a lot more, um, I guess in a way, light, more lighthearted because it's not real, right? <laughs> like, it's not an actual <laughs> war that this zo- zombies didn't take over the world, but it feels like it could have, like, like it could have happened. It's a yeah. great book. Yeah. If you've watched the movie and have never read the book, please read the book instead. The, the movie is very bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Um. Yeah, so... Um, how about the manga? Were there, other than, I think, the ponzu poko relationship, was there any other big differences? Uh, yeah, in this version, Gyro's backstory is not discussed till many issues later. Um, to explain why would definitely involve explaining some future events, but I'll just leave it there. Um, anyone who's watched the anime before, I would encourage you to read that part in the manga, because there's a couple lines they took out that, like, are very interesting that they took them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one that I think is very interesting that I found out on rereading. Um, when the dude is beheaded, his word bubble showing up just being like, oh, what should we do is upside down and rotated because he was decapitated and his head flew off. Wow. <laughs> That's actually very clever. <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, what the fuck happened to my tail? Oh, God. They did, I think, the most similar thing they could in the anime where I think they rotated the camera around. Oh yeah. Um, when his head gets cut off and then you see that his but that's really cool that he did that even in the manga that like the whole text bubble is. <laughs> yeah. I've seen I've seen the rotated camera thing on beheadings um in a couple other things. Like, have you guys ever watched Jackie Chan's The Myth? Mm-mm. Oh, a dude chops off Jackie Chan's head in the past in that, and like they just spin the camera around and fly off. And then it just cuts to another scene. Spoilers for the myth. <laughs> How old is that movie? Like forty years old at this point. It's from it's from two thousand five, oh, and okay. like, it happens in the distant past because it's about reincarnation. Oh, cool, cool, cool. 
So speaking of uh, the distant past and deaths, uh, I think, you know, with the manga notes done, it's time to rate those deaths. Ooh, yeah, okay. these, there's a lot here. So uh, how are y'all uh, feeling? Let's do the dad. Because fuck him. Um, I <laughs> yeah, the dad did die. Yeah. Um, ooh, what do you guys think? Uh, I, I like, well, it's hard because, like, I mean, obviously, now we know about... I would say I'm going to take in the context of his childhood when he was a child. So I'm going to rate it sweet justice revenge about like a seven. Because even though we, because we didn't see it directly, but we, we had the heavy, heavy implication of, you know, that Jairo got to kill his own abusive father. So that's my rating. I have wonder if that guy wasn't really his father. Like, not because I think a father couldn't do that, because clearly they could, but because I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the guy's, if Gyro's real father died, and the guy basically was just like, I'll just raise a slave, basically. Yeah. Um, no. I give it, yeah, I think I about give it the same. I think symbolically, uh, it, it felt very vindicating to see him die, especially given, like, Gyro's childhood. Um, would have been cool if they kind of showed it on screen because I like the whole art, the style that they did it with the shadows. Um, so I thought that would have been just really cool to see. Um, but you know, it was it was good. <laughs> it was a solid death. <laughs> I, I'm gonna agree on seven, and I honestly think that he's supposed to be set up as like a direct contrast for Gon and Jing, like. In like a, hey, uh, yeah, this guy didn't want to be bothered, but clearly stayed near him while like Jing feels like some sort of affection for Gon doesn't make him a good dad, but it's like very different than what this could have been. And I feel this is a very Naruto ass move where this is like uh, Naruto and pain, like as a comparison, it's just like, you know, you're just like me. Also, Sasuke, you're just like me. Also, Orochimaru, you're also just like me. And you just keep going. You know, it's it's that moment. <laughs> yeah. Also, show going on a swing set and just like just like sad music. <laughs> How about you, Megan? I actually agree with you guys. I think a seven. I would have liked to see more brutality, um, because Damn. like I don't know. Like we all feel the same way. I think, as in, like as far as for an anime character, this doesn't transcend to my real life. But that dude's pretty much deserved it, right? Mm-hmm. As far as anime characters go. Hmm. Um, I, so I'm very much like the, I'm very much, I'm I'm not like, I think that guy's a shitbag, but I, in like the real world, what I would have liked to have happened right. would have been like the kid would have just left or that like some figure would have like adopted him and been like, yo, yeah. your dad sucks. Like run away with me, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's for real life. That's what I would have liked to, uh, or something similar. I need a little justice, right? I'm a little more um vindictive so i need to like i need at least like jail time or like you know like just like you know begging on the street for cash right someone treating him at least the same way that he treated his kid right um Mm -hmm. but yeah i would have liked to see a little bit more uh (laughs) gruesomeness i guess um but it it, i give it a seven we just meet these characters like this episode right we get three minutes with this and i think they did a really good job of making me feel like mad (laughs) And somehow yeah. sympathizing with technically what's the main, like, kind of a bad guy, right? Like, as far as we know of oh, he's him, a bad he's, guy, yeah. yeah. He's, like he's not an dictator. antagonist of this, yeah. but he is a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Like, he's a, he's a dictator, right? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's what we know about him. So, um, but it like made me sympathize for. I mean, obviously, an anime dictator different if this is real life. Um, but mm-hmm. like, it made me sympathize with him, and I thought the story was good, and I'm glad the guy again as far as anime is dead um i don't know why i'm clarifying so much right now like fuck him he's dead yay um but yeah seven, right. seven sounds good <laughs> I, I was gonna say um hannah is it just me or does this feel jojo as fuck oh totally it feels, it yeah really this is does. this is like eight episodes of part five are just like <laughs> let me tell you about this guy's dad who sucks yeah yeah, it's like they managed to take a JoJo character and condense his backstory to three minutes for once. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. As opposed to being like, Bruno's dad was a fisherman and he got cancer after the divorce. And it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then three episodes later, then you realize he got beat. And that's why he is the way he is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so I think... It- we should we're kind of doing more on screen we saw them kill deaths for the most part right so i'd say it's either the soldiers from the factory or the beheaded hunter i think would be the next death i think the soldiers are whatever that's very much side characters let's talk about the headless hunter okay so i especially when you gave the like um the manga note about you know the um text being upside down as well i think that was really cool I mean, obviously, very shocking. So I would rate it like a solid eight, nine, because I was not expecting it. So, and even though I don't have any actual attachment to the character, it was just like, oh my god, what the heck? So, yeah. I'm giving it a seven because it's like a, a like a nine on shock value, but like, yeah, we don't know who this dude is. Yeah. I want to give him a nine. I'm agree a nine, eight, a nine because I think the way you described the manga at least was is so creative that it makes me, it like yeah we don't have attachments to this character right we we barely know what this I we don't know this guy's name right um but the fact that it was it was done in like it makes sense for this arc right that like people would die instantly and randomly like we saw the kid die. <laughs> Oh, like yeah. a little Jesus. child get murdered uh, in front of our eyes almost. Um, so to have this hunter die this way, but done kind of creatively um, is definitely a, um, I think that ranks it up for me. So like, I think eight, nine, two. Mm-hmm. Sarah? I think about this, I think about seven. I think because it was, I think, so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really have any attachment to the character. Mm-hmm. so i was like oh oh man <laughs> this right. is a bad situation <laughs> but i didn't know like i don't know who this is <laughs> yeah uh and then there's the other guy that got his head um i guess bitten off versus chopped off um yeah five yeah because <laughs> i didn't yeah. know him and i hate pike so. didn't know him and it's like a whatever death yeah yeah, I would get about the same. I forget you guys can't see me. Like, we're recording audio and not visual. Yeah, I'm just nodding oh, no, my we head. Can, we can see you, yeah. <laughs> like, we saw you, you nodding. Me, oh, like, oh, oh, you mean the no, listeners. Okay, listeners yeah. Can't see me. I'm just nodding my head in agreement. Yeah, I was wondering, because you were doing it for a bit. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is... <laughs> oh, she's singing the song from Pootie Tang. Pootie <laughs> Tang, Tang. What is the song from Pootie Tang? <laughs> No, the song is he just like opens his mouth and then no sound comes oh, out and yeah, it's yeah. for like two minutes. The song is that's it's beautiful. Song. So beautiful. <laughs> um, 
yeah, then um, I guess the one that really got to me, Ponzu, that uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm rating that a solid nine and a half because I just wanted her to live, even though it was bleak from the start. But I, god damn it, <laughs> like when there's a death that's like makes me go, god damn it, why? That's usually a pretty impactful death for me, so. Yeah, um, because it was so sudden, and because, you know, you just had that slight glimmer of hope that because she was able to at least get her message out that maybe, you know, maybe she got a little plot armor on her or something, I know, so, yeah, that was, that's my rating. For me, it's an eight, because, like, they don't build it up as much in the manga it's much more just like a shock rather than like a build up it's like there's less dynamics to it there's less like build up and then like tear down it's more just like flatline and then bang and you're like oh shit that's pretty shocking so it's like it's still good and it's still affecting but it's very different because like um the anime almost feels like they're just like hey we're gonna give you really hardcore death flags while in the manga there's no they don't really death flag. They're just like two dudes you've never heard of are dead, but two people who are in the hunter exam are here. So you're, you're good. And then, then she dies. So I, I kind of prefer that, but I would give it less like of a shocking rating. So like eight. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think I'll give it. Yeah. I think I, I, it felt like a nine to me just more so. I don't want to, I like Ponzi. I wouldn't say I was attached to her. If anything, I just felt frustrated, like about just very bad decision on her part. Not that she could have known um, that it would be as terrible as it was, but I was more like, oh man, girl, you could have chosen not to go. Um, but the fact that she was able to at least do something that could help others was great. I just wish that, um, it didn't I feel like her the death itself was sudden. The aftermath was more what kind of made me um felt more frustrated and just sad. It's just her body being eaten. Um because that was just like uh that felt more like a slap in the face. Like she could have died any other way, but just to be eaten like that, like a an NPC Camarion, yeah. not even like an important one. <laughs> yeah. That just felt a little bit insulting. <laughs> I think it's also interesting that like in the manga, she's pretty clearly instantly dead because like the way the bullet travels like is directly into her skull. Yeah. While like in the anime, it's very clearly like into her chest, maybe, and each time mm. she gets shot, like limbs move, and it's like this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, excessive. <laughs> um, do we find out how much do we know about what killed her at this point? I can't remember. The, the Wait, what? What do you mean? The dude just shot her. It was okay. the same, and that was in the beginning of the episode. It was nipple boy. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I'm thinking of a completely different thing. I think I know what you're thinking of that we will discuss in a later episode and will be a very high ranked death. Okay, yeah, cool, cool, I think cool. We all know. So, okay. if you know, you know. If you know, you know. These are all words. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, cool. NGL. I, for some reason, got her death mixed up with, I guess, somebody else's, right? I wonder why. It's almost like they have similar something. Mm, Anyways. I wonder. I I think, yeah, it was just such a... I I do give 
Tagashi credit for killing characters that we've actually met and got to spend some time with, right? Because yeah. a lot of animes do that thing, like, they've he's done just in this past couple episodes where you, you meet a character. Usually it's not a child, but, like, you'll meet a character for, like, a day, and then you'll just kill them off right there so you never spent time with them. These, he's yeah. pulling out characters from, like three seasons ago and is like hey remember these guys like they'll be important right and then it's like nope bye bye uh, bye ponzu like <laughs> so we i mean i feel like we spent a relative amount of time with her um in a cave in a cave full of snakes hanging out uh i mean she didn't do much but like she felt like she was gonna do more now until this i was genuinely shocked i i have to rate this kind of high just because i was so shocked um but like not in a bad way like i think mm. i think when i remember when i first watched this when she died i was like holy shit these are the stakes like this is it um i know i said this for the past couple episodes but like i i think because we got to know this character at least a little bit in a couple seasons ago and then her, for sure her demise i i think i'd have to give it like probably i'm rating everything high today but like an eight on that one mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a good one, and I actually like Ponzu as a character. So like, as much as like I'm I'm not as in love with the death as uh, two of you are, like I do think that it is sad that she's gone. I'm also glad that she's like not the only person like fridged, just because I was like Togashi, not a great history with women, but like there's a bunch of dudes who die throughout stuff yeah. too. So like, oh, only kill the only other like there's three female characters, and Ponzu's unfortunately just one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least she was the first one fridged. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I gotta fridge at least one woman. That's the. You gotta keep it equal. You know, equal right. <laughs> oh my god. Everyone. Put everyone in the freezer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dear lord. Uh, god, there was something I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm glad this doesn't suffer as much from the problems you Hawk Show has with death. But we'll talk about that long in the future. But yeah, uh, do you guys have anything more to say about that episode? Um, I guess. As far as, like, I guess, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but, like... <laughs> go for I, it. Let's I'll go. go. Right, yeah. Well, just, like, the deaths are permanent here, right? Like, at least Ponzu's is. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's something I feel like anime doesn't do well in general, is that they'll kill somebody off. Is that what you're talking about, Joe? Uh, that's, like, there's some of that, yeah. yeah. I feel like anime used to do that much more. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of shonen Naruto. from the 80s. Well, not just Naruto, but there's, like, shonen from the 80s, where it's just, like... Hey, this guy who's been with us since season one, he's just fucking dead. <laughs> but then does he come back? No, he's oh, dead, he's dead. Dead, dead. Okay. Yeah. That like Fist of the North Star is full of like dudes who are supporting characters for like literally a hundred episodes and then just get murdered. Oh my god. Yeah. See, I feel like there's like it's either that, right? Which this is kind of what it feels like more. Or it's like, I guess, Naruto, where it's like, everyone's dead. Just kidding, everyone's alive. Just kidding, everyone's dead again. Just kidding, everyone's alive. <laughs> oh, are you thinking of Dragon Ball? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure Dragon they do Ball. that like 20 times. Yeah. They literally, they they like try to raise the stakes and like, shit. Well, Goku's our best-selling character. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's alive again. <laughs> yeah, God. I, yeah. I do think that like early Dragon Ball does it really well. Like the first time Goku dies, like against Raditz. And like, that's like... Because you're like, oh, Goku's the strongest fighter on Earth. And then you're like, what if he was Superman and his older brother was here and fucking murdered him? <sighs> but yeah, on the, on the note of Superman murder, uh, I think that's it for um, this first half anyways. And now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. 
Matt, I've got a great idea for a podcast. You and me, we watch movies, right? And some of them are kind of bad, and so we make fun of them. But maybe some of them are good. Chris, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And eat snacks. Movie Fighters, an original idea on the Greenlit Podcast Network. This is Super Nintendo. You know I don't like Dr. Mario. I think he's a fraud back alley doctor. Um, I'm very happy to be here. With the help of a doula, you can do anything in the tub. You're looking at the Nintendo knitting machine. Do you feel that I abused you by making you play Night Trap? <laughs> I challenge you guys to a dance off at McDonald's tomorrow's. What have I done, Sweet Jesus? What have I done? <laughs> Super Nintendo's entertainment podcast every week right here on Greenland. Hey, welcome back. And we're now doing episode 81, The Fight Begins, aka Tatakai no Kaishi. Originally released in Japan on May 26, 2013, and the equivalent manga chapters are 191 and 192, which were released in Japan on August 11th, 2003. Dope. Sorry, I had like a burp. It's like halfway in my chest, but like it's... I don't know if I can push it out or push it in. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome, welcome right. to Hunter, Spirit Hunters. <laughs> um, cool. So surprised in- no one's burped us yet. Us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue. Um, perfect. So in this episode, as the Chimera ants continue to hoard humans like toilet paper during the early early 2020, Gon Kilo and Kite rush to the location of the nest before kill- the king is born. Who wrote this? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Anna killing it. Um I love that so much. Uh Chimera Ant Queen demands more nutritious. Uh she says nutrition a lot, right? Nutritious. She's all about hitting her macros. Yeah. <laughs> She's like I need 30 grams of cards and 40 grams of uh Human, no, human. Yeah. She, she brings up the Nen chart and she's like, "Yeah, I need approximately this." And you're like, "What the fuck?" It's a, a food chart for humans, though. So like, low level humans are at the bottom, and then like, it's yeah. like a combination of the food pyramid, the Nen chart. It's like a hexagonal pyramid. You're yeah. like, "What? No, wait, why? No, wait, huh? What the fuck?" Wait, <laughs> You'll get most of your calories from this, but I need more nutrition you, from this. It's a superfood. Uh, yeah, you'll get most of your nutrition from specialist and a little bit from enhancer. And yeah. okay. <laughs> um, so he gets more nutritious food as the baby king's growth, which is weird. Okay, so like, she's obviously pregnant, right? In this, like, she yeah. she like rubs her belly and stuff. I think it's super funny because she also likes eggs. Is there a mammal that does that, or not a mammal? It would be a mammal. Would it be like uh, the definition of mammal is? not eggs right <laughs> so, so there are mammals that lay eggs right. and there oh, are right. mammals like that give live birth but there are some that do something marsupials do something in between where mm-hmm. some of them lay eggs and some of them like give birth but then like have like a pouch like kangaroos where it's just like and now i'm gonna raise you partially inside again right and, like, but do they put yeah. them back like they they, bird they, don't, them. they don't put them back in the same area they put them into another part of their body That's oh like a, a kangaroo yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Kangaroos are marsupials. Yeah, the platypus um, gives birth to an egg that then hatches, and that's the baby, right? Oh. Or is that the echidna? I don't know. I know it's the platypus. I, I think, both no, I think echidnas and platypi, yeah. Yeah, so. Wait, echidnas? I thought echidnas were hedgehogs. No, echidnas are, you're, you, wow, you've been brainwashed by Sonic the Hedgehog. Big <laughs> Sega. Sonic, is it, Sonic isn't an echidna? 
No, Sonic is a hedgehog. Knuckles is an echidna. Got it. He's also going to be played by Idris Elba, just like McCavity. So I really can't wait for, I you know, it. like, Knuckles Avity. I can't fucking make an impromptu cat song. Knuckavity, Knuckavity. Anyways, yeah. Well, I have yet to see cats, but I do know the song, um, Memories All Alone in the Midnight. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought you were going to go into Skimble Shanks, and then I thought about producing them, like, no one knows Skimble Shanks who hasn't seen it. Fuck fucking Skimble Shanks. Anyways. Oh, man. Okay, well, other than the cats talk, um, she wants 100 humans a day. That is her... That is her, her, that's her minimum calories, I guess. Um, which is, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Um, Cole wants to uh, fulfill the queen's orders, although rejects Turtle's idea to increase their ranks since it's, since it disturbed chain of command. Um, you guys know that they're trying, that like in American government, people are trying to increase the size of the Supreme Court right now. <laughs> I wonder if- I don't obviously don't think this is like a good analogy, but I'm just like, I wonder if the dynamics are similar. Like too much autonomy in the Supreme Court will disrupt the chain of command. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sure that's been an argument that throws around gets thrown around for this, so Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so Zazan appears and is like, No worries, bitches, I've got rare human and with the nutritional value of a thousand normies. Uh quote and quote. Uh, <laughs> absolute word for word, Hannah did not write that. <laughs> um the old creeper pike backs up his mistress oh gross saying he (laughs) accidentally took a teensy tiny little bite of one though he later confesses it just was a normal one um the chimera ants continue oh sorry oh actually i was interested i don't know if it happened in the japanese dub but pike and zazan actually get into like a semi-argument because Zazan's like, yeah, I was the one who took care of him. But Pike was like, but actually, I was the one. Don't you remember? You were proud of me. And- I-, I love your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it was me. Yeah, oh so God. it's like, uh, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting because I felt like it shows a lot more their personalities. And I think Zazan kind of had, um, she probably was like, she brought up the the new brought up like the humans with Nen as like alternative but it felt like she alternative motive like she's definitely one of the more individualistic squadron leaders so if she if they're trying to like oust that out that means that she has to start falling in line and she's like "Uh uh-uh no here's a solution (laughs) like I don't want to but she's she seems prideful a lot of them seem very proud Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I love that they all, even though Pike is the creepiest dude, <laughs> I love that they have their own unique personalities too. Like yeah. they're not all just like drones, like ready to like. I mean, they are kind of murderous, but like you know what I mean. Like it's different vibes to the murder, right? Like it's different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like she wants to be Zazad is yeah pride proudful proudful. Yeah, it's not the right prideful word. prideful. prideful. I was going to say, we're going to have a lot to talk about individuality later because, mm-hmm. like, spoilers, everyone, I did a lot of research on ants for this and, like, where <laughs> humans and ants lie on, like, a spectrum of, like, individuality. And um, the results are going to surprise you. Ooh. That should be the episode title. Uh, ants and humans. Look up ants. The results will surprise you. <laughs> Doctors hate him. <laughs> Ten reasons. Um, 
Real ants. Joe looked up real ants for this podcast. I love this. Um, perfect. Uh, the chimera ants, though, continue talking about the, quote, rares and realize that the officers can see their nen and disable them. Um, at some abandoned village, how did how Ram, Ramot, Ramot, Ramut? I say like Ramut, but like Ramut. I have no idea. He's the bunny, um, the bunny man. Uh, he's just chomping on horses and complains about wanting to eat humans instead. Um, Gon picks up on the smell and they reach part of the forest where three horses imp- are impaled on trees. Oh yeah, this was pretty gruesome. Like, Yeah, it was bleak. Yeah. This turns out to be a real thing, what Kite's about to say. Oh, and then Kite says, the bullheaded shrike, shriek, shriek, shriek? Shrike. Shrike bird does the same thing with their prey. Oh, so like they do it with like mice, I'm assuming, and like rabbits, right? Not necessarily mice and lizards, and okay. sometimes bigger birds. Like I looked up some videos, and there's some documentaries that are just like this cute little bird, and it's like, but he's really a monster, and then it changes the color and like zooms in, and he's like, ah! <laughs> and like it just plays all these like weird blood noises constantly. And you're like, who the fuck made this documentary? I mean, yo, they're the little ones, but like they don't have attacking power on their own, so they just they use literal tools made for them oh yeah like Like they find like thorns and cacti and like needles and it's just like how about i just fucking stab you like i'm gonna mortal combat fatality your ass (laughs) that's terrifying on very many levels (laughs) i could just picture a bird pick up like a stick and try to attack me with it like (laughs) no 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 no. they they don't pick up the sticks the sticks are always stationary Uh, they throw you into the thing oh Oh, that's somehow worse And they just slowly eat you over the course of a while. You're usually dead by that point, but it's like a nightmare. Oh, Jesus. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. All right. Now that I have that image in my head. um, Well, he's doing this with horses, which is double scary because those are massive. Um, How much does a horse weigh? Like a thousand pounds? I don't know. I don't know how much things weigh. Horses are pretty variable in size depending on breeds. I have no idea about the maximum size, but like some horses are much bigger than others. Yeah. Um... Uh, Ra- Ramit, Ra- I'm gonna say Ramit. Ramit approaches them all pissed and says the horses are for himself. No one can have his snack, so he attacks. Colt's hidden and watches from afar. Gon and Killua are over- overwhelmed, but Kite effortlessly evades it and unleashes his nen. And then Kite's like, You two defeat him and go home, okay? And then he fucking leaves. <laughs> he just drops the children off with the murderous rabbit. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is kind of exactly what Bisky does, but like to a very different level, right? Like, like a very like. I mean, it's I guess I guess they've leveled up, right? Up until this point, like if you dropped old Gon and Killua to this point, and it's like, all right, fight, fight Ramit, like they die in like half a second. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, they were just fighting a psychopath who had scissors. Now yeah. they're fighting like a terrible near extraterrestrial. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, um, you wouldn't think oh, like I I'm sorry. Corrected. He actually didn't leave. Leave. I think okay. he was about to leave. Sorry. Um, that was a my note mistake. Oh, okay. Does he just like walk away? Like he starts to walk away? Yeah. Okay. I think he like uh, leans against a tree. All <laughs> that's cool. That's even. That's even worse. <laughs> He's like, let me watch it. Yeah. So a lot like Bisky, where she was just sitting, like watching them like progress over three months. Um. Okay. Cool. Um, so Gon and Killua unleash their nen and tell Kite not to treat them like kids, um, which I feel like that's like the opposite, right? <laughs> like, and then Ramot 
uh, notices the difference in the boys' power um, between Nen and not Nen, right? Not between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Ramot, Raymond, uh, Raymond. Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. Yeah. That's probably going to be the title. Um, seems to have the upper hand at first until Killua uses Thunderbolt on him, making the Chimera Ant immobile. Oh, well, he's he's bug flying, so he'd be pretty weak to uh, lightning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this a Pokemon reference? Yeah, he has a, he's about a two times weakness. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, is he resistant to anything, or is he a... Uh, that would make him resistant to psychic, uh, fighting, uh, what the fuck, uh, grass? Mm. Uh, oh, he's double resistant against grass, so that's a one-fourth multiplier. That feels like he's very resistant to Gon. <laughs> yeah. I think Gon's fighting more like fighting. Gra- yeah, fighting in yeah. grass. Um, no, Gon is grass fighting, but he uses fighting moves. Uh, okay. These are things. He's in our little Pokedex. Yeah. Um, Gon, the, the fuck you up Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? It's Clefairy. Fuck. Um, it's Pikachu. <laughs> it's Pikachu. Fuck. <laughs> Um, perfect. Making the cameraman. Also, um, so Rimmet seems to have the upper hand first until Killer's Thunderbolt. Um, and then Gon you then uses John Ken Rock to and punches him in the gut. Rimmet gets saved by Colt, but he ain't happy, yelling at the boys that he gonna eat them. Um Gon and Killua realize their attacks didn't have much effect. However, Kite praises them and asks whether they want to come with him. Can we talk about something real quick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember when in Heaven's Arena they explicitly said, "Hey, if you ever hit someone with your Hatsu who doesn't have Hatsu, like who doesn't have Nen, they're gonna get Nen." Oh, oh, Uh-oh. oh wait. no! <laughs> wait, is that was that right? Yes, because he talks about like how Wing like taught them about Nen because he's like, "Hey, if I don't do this, these dudes are going to hit you with these attacks you won't understand that will give you powers and make you drain your life force if you don't know what you're doing." Oh. That's why people get like that's why people get like disabled when they go to the 200th floor without training because they get hit with Nen attacks. And that's why these three guys even without being hunters, right? Were able to be in the tournament with Nen powers. Exactly. Okay. Does does this does that actually transition like did did Tagashi remember that that's how this works um i think so okay for a couple reasons one of which is that like it's in the 1999 version in a filler episode mm-hmm. because there's an episode where there's like a so 99 is not canon Tagashi did not actually take part in it but it was within the discourse is what i mean because there's an episode where there is a fox bear cub that is the son of gon's pet fox bear that is doing badly and like they like basically give it a fucking um they they give it like a shock to its heart using nen in order to revive it and mm. at the time i was like wait isn't that gonna give it isn't that gonna give it nen and then at the end of the episode you just see like the fox bear cub glowing and you're like what the fuck <laughs> it has nen <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man okay all right well there's that um cool so oh yeah that guess makes sense at the nest it's easy wait did i read this part Yes. Okay. So at the nest, um, it's easy to see that Remote took a you <laughs> saying that word took a lot of damage from the fight. <laughs> He's gonna have his revenge and eat them. Going and Killua too. Um, Colt's like, no, they're gonna be the queen's snack, not yours. And Remote squeals and says, "Other squads kill and eat humans without bringing any back to the nest." Uh, Colt questions other squadron leaders about that, and Hagia, the the tiger man, right? Is that him? Hagia, Hagia. I- I- See the tiger names. 
right? Because it, it, it said, ha, I think he has, I go, like, I like Hagia, but he Hagia. goes by Lael, or Lion, I don't know, like Lion, too, so. Yeah, he's the one who changes his name, right? Or one of the ones who changes their yeah. name, right? Yeah, I don't know which one's the first one. If I spoiled, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I mean, we already talked about how so much of this saga is about individuality, and that's just another case of it. Mm-hmm. I think Hagia is his original yeah, so, I think so. Let's just say Hagia. Hagia. So. Okay. Um, it it sounds like an ethnic kid in an American school who's like, oh, I want a less ethnic name. Oh, it's me, Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Uh, but Hagia, the Hagia simply states that it's fun. However, he promises to bring the rare ones to the queen. Um. The other squadron leaders say Leol. Oh no, Leol is. Leol is the. Other oh, squadron like Leo. Leo is Hagia. Oh, they're the same person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So the other squadron leaders like Leo say they do this for funsies, but they take care of the rare ones back to the queen. Um, they're totally lying since they're gonna find a a rare one and eat it themselves. <laughs> yeah, they they shady. They shady. But then again, <laughs> so is the queen. So like really. Yeah. Um, I feel um, this isn't on purpose, but I see a lot of resonance with this with Journey to the West because in the actual original story, there's like a network of demons who are trying to eat the monk that Sun Wukong is escorting, but like various underlings try to eat him himself instead of like their demon king. And like, so this might just be like a general Buddhist mythology thing. Hmm. You, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I was about to say, like, if the if the squadron, like, let's say the squadrons were successful in eating, uh, well, never mind, we're good. I was like, is that better for us, the good guys, right? Or like, if the if the power's distributed, or if it's, um, well, concentrated into one place? I would assume like maybe they would get more powerful, aka like, cause they they have more nutrition and maybe <laughs> nutrition. something like that, but they're not gonna be able to like birth something new <laughs> that's what yeah. queen does I'm, that's right true. That's yeah true. i think if i remember correctly so i am very unclear on this and we'll talk about this after i say my ants research because my guess is that there is the possibility some of the females actually could have become queens so uh zazan could have been a like a mommy, I guess. We'll, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll talk more later, like, on the, on this show, but, like, I I feel that is a possibility. Right. I, I feel like I was reading, like, either a bug or animal fact where, like, there is one queen in a colony, and if any other, any other female worker tries to fuck, that queen will murder the female. And I don't know if it's bees or if it's ants or if it's even a bug. Maybe it's a fish? I don't know. So ants and... Ants and bug, uh, ants and bees are very variable. So there are some where they actually have multiple queens, mm-hmm. and there are some where the moment that a queen stops producing this one like scent, yeah, like the her. ants, like no, no, the ants like create more queens because they're like, oh shit, she's about to die, and uh, like so okay. they like so if if they can if scientists can make them blind to that smell, they start trying to turn other uh, kids into queens. Okay, okay, fascinating. We're going to learn bug facts today, y'all. Like that one guy. Who's that one guy uh, on TikTok who just like tells you about animal facts? And like he's a, it's like oh, a one kid. It's like one his, kid. On- I, know, I know his like YouTube handle, like Hood Nature. But I feel like he goes by a different name in TikTok, like his actual real name. 
Yeah, I don't oh, it's know. me, John Nature. It's yeah, John Nature. That's about. my real nature. Yeah. Uh, Tommy loves that guy. He like watches him before he goes to bed because he likes to. I don't know why. <laughs> Here's Tommy. You can edit this out if you really don't want to share with the world uh, or like our listeners that um, he likes to watch like nature videos about like animals. This is the least bad thing yeah. anyone's ever, <laughs> ever said. said on this podcast. Would... <laughs> I mean, the the, inter- the videos are interesting. I remember watching like compilations of it, and it just mm-hmm. makes you yeah. very scared of animals you wouldn't be scared of otherwise <laughs> that's what he watches he watches all these compilations of animals murdering other animals like hyenas like taking down a lion and he's like it's cool i'm like it is but like <laughs> i didn't know this was like a, a thing you're actively searching yeah. up. <laughs> um cool uh anyway uh but uh right the chimera ant's individualism is getting quite problematic for colt and peggy um colt's like i will handle this mess and plans not to tell the queen bad (laughs) Um, idea yeah also colt (laughs) like let's be real colt like you're not the strongest guy like you're just a guy like (laughs) uh against all these monsters maybe because he thinks because he's the first like humanoid chimera mm-hmm. ant that's why he thinks he has all the authority and maybe because of his personality yeah you know? and I, everyone I also... is just a hot mess in comparison <laughs> to him yeah i i also think that it is because i mean we already kind of spoiled this but he was made from a child so he mm. is very naive in a way that i think i don't know maybe other characters who will show up will be mm. also fair also mm. Also fair. Yeah, I guess like if he thinks like since I have authority, they'll just listen to me because I have the authority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then no, no, nothing else needs to be said about that, right? Like when you tell a kid to go to the room and like not do anything and sit on the bed, they're that's exactly what they're gonna do. They're not gonna <laughs> Have have you guys watched Thundercats? Yes. Thundercats, ho! Snark. Have you yeah. ever seen Snark. the first episode of of Thundercats? I, I have. I watched it kind of recently, but you got to jog our memories. Not everyone's so, seen the show. Lionel is like a 12-year-old boy mm-hmm. who they move between planets in like hypersleep and his pod breaks. So his body ages and he comes out like a full grown-ass man. <laughs> but like, keep in mind, this is a 12-year-old's huh. mind. He's just a full oh. grown-ass man. He never remark on it ever again. But that's what happened to Cult. He's a child. I forgot mm. i completely didn't realize like i i don't know if i ever knew that or forgot but yeah they don't mention they like just, you're like, a kid in a ch- adult's body it's just yeah they get rid of it because they're like this is way too fucking problematic we cannot yeah. talk about this i mean that's shazam <laughs> right like that's shazam yeah um yeah. it's way more problematic the reverse right like uh i know everyone like we talked about shield hero and i think we're 50 50 split on shield hero um in this podcast it's just i get why you like it and tommy's gonna be like you're talking about shield hero again it's okay stop like you don't like it oh, I, i've like watched like two episodes it's not my jam it's but not my oh jam you're either. talking about the rough talia all that shit yeah like well like i mean yeah the girl is like eight right when you meet her um, yeah other problematic things but then she ages up magically um to be an adult uh <laughs> it's just hate- it's like oh the worst I, version of the trope is Final Fantasy Four, where no. you like have a little orphan girl, and then she like falls off a ship you're on, and then like midway through the game, she's like, "Hey, I went into a portal. I'm 18 now." And you're like, "What?" 
It's yeah. like, did you spend your life as like an 18 year old or like in and out you're 18, you didn't no. remember your last oh, no. So she she did have a real life. She actually did age 18 years, but you're like, you just want to fuck this child. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh cause like uh. within the context of the story, it's like now yeah. you're an adult conveniently. Yeah, now yeah. you're hot. Oh no. oh no. There's a lot of like in Shonen, I think it happens a lot, a lot, especially isekais, I think it happens. Um, I'm trying to think other things were this unnecessary and un- like uh, cringy i know it happens in uh, there's a manga that vampire night remember vampire night guys um the author mm-hmm. of that who's again all her stuff apparently is problematic now that i'm an adult um <laughs> it's well yeah because i was when i was like 14 i was like this is fine right um and yeah. like now that i'm like 27 i'm like mm, this is not okay um five for nights incest uh spoiler warning but maripuri was worse because that's the whole the whole plot line of that again shoujo rom-com type of deal is that this 12 year old boy whenever he's in full darkness he turns into a 17 year old boy which is closer to the the main girl's like 15 and it's age and it's a romance between those two characters but like keep in mind she's 15 and he's technically 12 and like they try to wrap it up at the end of the series spoilers guys if you're ever going to read this problematic (laughs) disaster um the way they wrap it up at the end of the series is like they just age everybody up so then she's 24 (laughs) and he's 17 so like oh it's okay now it's like no 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 no. this is (laughs) this is not okay this is grooming in a weird way i don't (laughs) i'm gonna put it out there the Math you just did there didn't work. Right. Said, I don't, 15, I don't remember. Yeah. No, twenty-two. She was like four. I remember her being four. Oh, maybe he was like eleven. I don't know. I remember her being, okay. him being Either, four years. They're four years yeah. apart. Either way, the ambiguity makes this make more sense. Either yeah. way, bad, bad. Uh, yeah. Sketch. When you said the reverse, I thought you were talking about a situation like Mai and Dragon Ball, like Super, where a a woman who was a literal adult villain of original Dragon Ball got de-aged to be a child at some point, so she is dating trunks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Which is insane to me. (laughs) I I, I can't really defend it because like they, they they do a good job of not somehow like and this is hard to say but like not sexualizing the relationship she is an adult and does it make it clear that she's not into him she's just there no like, no she she is into him but she's into future him because oh. like yeah, yeah so it's even weird the whole thing yo cancel dragon ball <laughs> anyway. I, I just uh, just make love interests the same age like why are people Please. making it so complicated oh no, so if it didn't have the baggage of like her being a grown-ass woman right. who's probably like 70 if she hadn't been de-aged like it is a it is a cute relationship because it's the least like sexualized like weird relationship in dragon right. ball like and like it's the least like sexist relationship but it has mm. the like creepy like oh you you're 70 you're yeah. an adult person in a child's <laughs> body like oh my god that's actually very common and i yeah. feel like in a lot of like isekai especially more like uh shoujo related ones it's like called like free you it's a lot of like suddenly i was like a 22-year-old Japanese or Korean woman and I'm suddenly reincarnated as a five-year-old uh, Dutch's daughter in my favorite uh, favorite manga <laughs> or manhwa and, and it's just it's just dumb I'm like it's like found family like oh like oh my the dad in the original story was terrible but now that I'm like a sweet child then I'm gonna I'm, we're just gonna have like the perfect family relationship it's very uh 
And then they make the dad super good looking, and he's oh, like, yeah. this is not heading in a good direction. Oh, wait, and guys, most of the time speaking it's, of, okay. It is very chaste, but it's just, I don't understand the appeal. I would, I would never want to be, like, a child again. <laughs> no. Like, maybe in college, maybe, like, relive college for, like, a day or two, but, like, oh, I was stressed out fun. in college. Yeah, like, yeah. like, the weekend of college, not, like, day before finals college. <laughs> Oh god. Like not like, oh my god, so stressed out of my mind. Um there's one more I wanted to bring up with you guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe Joe's heard of this, but I feel like Hannah and Sarah, you guys have probably heard. It's oh god, what is it called? It's not honey clover. It um Usagi drops. No, is it oh, Usagi drops? Oh, oh, no. No. No, I, I, heard of, I heard of that. Yeah. Um I will read you guys the uh inch is it Usagi drops? Is that the right one? Yeah, 30 year old. Okay. Here's here's the plot. Here's the plot, guys. Here's like the main plot, which we all liked at first. Um, and here we go. The plot follows 30-year-old Daikichi, and as he becomes the guardian of Rin, the illegitimate six-year-old granddaughter of his grandfather. Um, so daughter of his grand so like his niece, right? Um, and he's like the whole first the whole season they put on as anime was about him raising her as like a dad, like becoming like a young father out of nowhere. Right. You've mentioned um, this on the podcast before. I have to, <laughs> cool, because this is, I just have to bring this up. Holy shit. It gets worse. Uh, just in case you missed that episode. And for some reason you're on this episode, uh, uh, they turn, uh, they do a time skip for about 10, only 10 years. Uh, yeah. which is worse because he's still her dad all 10 years. Right. Or his, his, her guardian. Um, and then it turns into a love story between the two. Um, and that's, I think the worst, I know this yeah. isn't the same thing, but it reminded me of it. At least the fans of the series were pissed at yeah. it. They were like not having it. So I'm glad <laughs> at least that happened. Right. Like it's like two different genres that don't belong together. Like, or I don't, one of them doesn't belong at all. Um, but still. Yo, I just thought the most cursed genre, like someone needs to start making isekais where instead of like going into like something like more contemporary or like at least the past 500 years, someone needs to just show up in the Bible. <laughs> oh no, the worst! Didn't they do? Wasn't Jesus Christ in one of them? Like there was a, it wasn't an isekai, right? But it was like all the world religious leaders were like, or religious oh, figures were in an anime. Uh, yeah, there's no. I mean, I think it's just Buddha and Jesus are buddies who have an apartment together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love yeah. that one. <laughs> saying saying something, right? I, I just want to be like, yes, yeah, Saint Seiya. It was that. <laughs> be very confusing if you Google that. Um, the stars Jesus. Uh, cool. Glad we have our classic derailment of, of think about thirty minutes. <laughs> um, still a lot shorter than normal. Still a lot shorter than normal. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, last note here. Um, mm-hmm. So Gon and the others find more corpses that were brutalized by the Chimera ants. Um, they reach a, a drug factory taken over by the Chimera ants and decide to look inside. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Um, and I guess it's, oh, are we doing, ra- we'll do radar deaths out. Never mind. We're good. Anyway, manga notes, Joe. Uh, uh, uh real, real quick manga notes. Uh, in the manga, Ramit treats Gon and Kyula as fellow predators because instead of just saying, like, that's my food, stay away from it, he basically says that's my prey, implying it's not your prey. Mm. Um, which is interesting. Also, this is not just a manga note. I would make a general comparison. I think it's interesting that, like, Colt stayed back to see what would happen with Ramit and Kite stayed back to see what would happen with Gon and Kyula. Mm. 
Uh, another thing I would mention, this is not for this part of the manga, but it's something I just remembered, was, you know how we talked about how that filler part of 99 had a part that kind of presaged something that happened here with regards to, like, using Hatsu on, uh, on like, a non-human animal? It also presaged something else because, like, 99 had some, like, shipping of Pokal and Ponzu, like, many, many, many years early, like, in, like, 2000. Oh, do you think the anime, like the 99 anime influenced Togashi's writing? Or no, it didn't. I don't know. I don't think it did. What I think actually happened was more like, there are things that are subtextual in the manga that the 99 would make filler that kind of made them explicit. And then Togashi would get to it later in better time and develop more in the actual manga. So it was less that it influence it and more that it was like this is probably what Togashi is going to do based on our ability to predict anime plots but we're going to do it way worse than Togashi will is my guess but um, yeah as for oh yeah and in this version gyro soldiers don't look like they're from a k-pop video that that's it <laughs> uh, yeah so do, were there were there deaths in this one, or was that in the last one that all the deaths were in? Um, horses? No. Yeah, just the horses. But even then, <laughs> you just saw them already dead, not being killed. Yeah, that's true. Yo, you guys need to see the manga picture of it, because it's not gruesome. It's more like goofy, because the horses are drawn disproportionately, so they just look chunky. So it's just like, oh, man, someone made, like, chunky cotton candy horses. What's up? Yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> That's funny, though. You know that part in uh, Despicable Me where they're just like, oh, it's so fluffy. I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> it's like, oh, that horse is so fluffy. It's fucking dead. <laughs> it's dead. But yeah, that's uh, that's basically it for that. Um, do you guys have anything to say about these episodes before I tell us all about ants? Um, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, um, I really liked it. It was really interesting seeing kind of like um, from the ants' perspective, like, the, all the tensions and kind of, like, because we kind of been seeing it in the intro and stuff, like, oh, no, their individuals, individualism is showing through, aka, like, more of that human side. So it's fun seeing, like, it is fun watching the tensions brew. And not that I'm rooting for any of them. Obviously, I'm not. But it's, like, you almost feel like, watching their like drama you're like kind of picking you're choosing which sides you would pick honestly like even though i don't like colt and i hate that he's serving the queen i also i'm like yeah out of all them i'm kind of <laughs> rooting for him <laughs> like, you, feel, you do feel bad for him because <laughs> yeah. it's like oh he's, he's just, just trying, trying to do his to job do exactly yeah and like so. he does do the bare minimum of killing i guess but he still does murder yeah. a lot of people like yeah. he's like the most yeah. humane like meat eater, I guess. I think he's also like um sort of projected his real mother and his memories that he doesn't actually consciously remember onto the queen. Mm, so he's like yeah. in many ways just doing filial piety. Yes. Yes. That's true. And it's yeah, I think it's really fun to see the different dynamics um between the different ants and it kind of feeds into 
almost like, well, who are the good ants versus the bad ants? But not necessarily the case, because you could argue that Colt's just irritating because he's on his high horse all the time. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, Colt again? <laughs> what did Killjoy? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I feel like out of those i feel like i like him and chitu the best chitu is just kind of irritating but in a in a fun way um mm-hmm. the other ones i feel like kind of lean towards a side of like violent chaos that seem a little edgelordy to me so i don't find it as enjoyable <laughs> i i personally feel like ramit and chitu are like the same dude just like one's a bit more aggro but they both like suck in similar ways yeah just like chitu has like a dis like a like uh, a nature or appearance where he's just like oh man it's whatever bro but he's just like completely fucked up a lot of things for people he's more humble about being an idiot yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no that all sounds good um if there's nothing more to say about the episodes uh let's get into uh K- kill die the science guy Kill, All die, right. the science guy. Kill, 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 kill. 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 <laughs> I did not invent that. I, I stole that from somewhere on either Facebook or like, have you guys seen that meme that's like evil some such and such says and then it's like opposite of a catchphrase? No. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, okay. So like people invert the colors of someone and it's just like evil Ben Shapiro makes his wife come and it's just like, oh shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think the best one I've seen has been this like reversed color picture of Will Smith that says evil Will Smith's like nah homie I'm gonna smell you right now oh that took me a minute uh, <laughs> why and I was like oh I smell you got it mm-hmm. anyways sorry that does not work nearly as not an image um, have you ever tried to explain a meme to, memes to somebody who hasn't seen it uh, yes <laughs> just now and yeah, yeah, like right now, maybe right even, now. but yeah, just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but yeah, with with no further ado, let's get into research. Ants and the order of Hymenoptera. So, ants are a form of eusocial insects of the family Formicidae or Formicidae. I, you can choose how you want to say that. I think in English people would say Formicidae, but in like actual Latin, it would be like Formicidae. Um. I'm going to explain what all those terms mean in a second, but they're part of Hymenoptera, which includes ants, sawflies, wasps, wasps, and bees, and derives from the Greek word hymen, meaning membrane, and ptera, meaning wing. So membranous wings is the general trait. You might be asking yourself, ants don't have wings. Well, surprise, sometimes they do. Um, so the typically defining trait is, uh, this is a quote from Wikipedia, females typically have a special ovipositor for inserting eggs into hosts, or places that are otherwise inaccessible, the overpositor is often modified into a stinger. In the case of most ants, it's been turned into a spout for formic acid, hence the name for ants, which are in many, in Latin was like formica, in Spanish is hormiga, and like in a lot of like languages like that is related to that. So the formic acid or other chemical irritants. On the note of the mention of the idea of eusociality, uh, so... Have you guys ever heard this term before? Genuinely, okay. no. <laughs> okay, so eusociality, like U-E-U means good. And so this is like well-socialized, I guess, is how you could describe it. But sociality is the degree to which individuals of an animal population associate in social groups and form cooperative societies. 
sociality exists in levels and I'm going to tell you where humans are and where ants are, but we're going to kind of go through the levels real quick. So there's the idea of pre-sociality, which is further subdivided into levels of sub-sociality, which implies any degree of parents rearing their young, even if briefly. So like basically like anything where like, even if they're just like, Hey, uh, Hey, what's up? I'm your dad. Bye is better than like, you know, some things that happen to other animals, which is just like, Hey turtles, you're off to fend for yourself forever. Um, but if the adult animal spends any time with other adults, they are ranked higher than this, meaning Jing Freaks uh, is narrowly reaches this level. So, solitary but social, uh, defined by species whose most social behavior is occasionally nesting or associating with each other. Males usually do not associate with other males, and male offspring are usually evicted upon maturity, aka this is where classical American toxic masculinity upbringing comes from. <laughs> Not, I mean, this isn't the literal root, but it shares commonalities. <laughs> share uh, so then there's, <laughs> yeah. Then there's parasociality, which has three sublevels, which is communal. Adults cohabitate, but only take care of their own young. Quasi-social, uh, adults cohabitate and share in brood care. And semi-social, which has the above features, but they also have a biological caste system that delegates labor according to whether or not an individual is able to reproduce. So now we have arrived at eusociality which is, has all the characteristics of the previous, but overlapping generations cohabitate and share in the care of the young. So it's like the situ situation where like, basically everyone takes care of everyone else's kids um, and like everyone's all living together. So it'd be like, hey, what if like the classical image of like a 1950s small American town all lived in one house together? Um, so this is mostly insects, uh, including hymenoptera and termites, which are apparently unrelated. Uh, but has occurred in a couple other species, including snapping shrimp, who have queens that they like, who have queens in underwater uh, lairs, and the soldier shrimp, like, have claws that like uh, snap so hard it like kills things, like with how like loud of a sound it makes. And also naked mole rats. So what was the name of the naked mole rat in Kim Possible? Because apparently he's part of a, yeah, he's part of a like a oh, Rufus. Yeah, Rufus was part of a uh, you know ant-like hive at one point, and so I guess. Maybe Kim is his queen. Yeah, I remember no, learning that um, a couple... Oh, I guess Ron, yeah. Like, I think earlier this year, and it kind of blew my mind that <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Morats would have that kind of structure. I, I guess it makes sense, because they're the, those types of rodents most of the time live in like huge colonies of population, so it makes sense that they would have some sort of order to them. Because I thought, like, oh, it's like meerkats, but way more um, strict than at least, like, I, actually, I feel like meerkats can't really, um, only the t the leader, the matriarch of the meerkats can't, is the only one who could reproduce offspring, and then the other ones can't. She, like, kicks oh, out daughters. Interesting. I, I think so. I, I could be mixing up the two, but it's something similar. I don't know. I just remember watching like Meerkat Manor and the British guy describing all the relationships. <laughs> Wait, is it an entire like syndicated show about meerkats or like just like one documentary? It's a whole it's syndicated show. Like each episode <laughs> would be about like this particular colony of meerkats and following like their every every day. And then he would describe like give the they would have names, describe their behaviors, and kind of dramatize it. It was like watching The Crown, but with meerkats. Nice. 
No, I, I'd actually like to read more about naked rule rats because it is fascinating because like almost all the other species are like things that are like super unrelated to humans, but naked mole rats by virtue of being mammals are in relative terms close to us. Um, but so something that's interesting is I'm going to talk about the placement of humans and ants on this hierarchy, but humans range from communal sociality to eusociality without the biological caste part. Um, because like the last time I checked, we don't have worker humans and like soldier humans. I mean, we do, but that's by profession. Like you don't physically change. You don't get a gun for a hand. Um, at least I don't, maybe you guys do. Uh, but while various ant species range more broadly from solitary to highly developed eusociality, with the median being far more in the eusociality area. So here's another wiki quote. Uh, An early 21st century debate focused on whether humans are pro-social, proto-social, or eusocial. Wilson argued that through cooperation and teamwork, ants and humans form superorganisms. Wilson's claims were vigorous, uh, vigorously rejected at the time, not only because they were based on group selection, which is this idea that, like, Ants basically like shut off a lot of their ability to reproduce so that like the children of their like aunt or their mom can like reproduce, but uh, not because also humans are not like reproductive labor is not divided between classes. However, some subsequent research has shown that maybe humans do perform kin selection in the same way as ants like this, like where they're like about ensuring their genes getting passed, even if it's not theirs, it's like their siblings because uh, there have now been a number of hypotheses put forward that uh, male homosexuality in humans is actually an evolutionary strategy because like those like gay males will help take care of their family's kids and like ensure even more thoroughly their like uh, nephews and nieces like having a good future, which is anyone who's had like a cool gay uncle can attest. Uh, but that that's a controversial claim. Like people are still looking into whether that's possible, but uh, another thing that's interesting is there's also research into whether human suicide is another way by which like people like ensure uh, nutrients and resources get to like their relatives, which is real fucked up. Um, but here's one that's this one's less debated. Uh, did you guys know that chimpanzees don't go through menopause? Yeah, I didn't fucking know that until this. But it turns huh. out that he, like menopause is not it didn't have to happen. It evolved very specifically in humans. And the theory is because like older women, if they had kids, because they should by all accounts, by comparative biology should be able to, the risk would be so much higher that menopause might have like evolved in order to stop older women from killing themselves, like by virtue of having kids after a time where it was safe for them to do so. Huh. That's and so makes sense. Yeah, so all of these put together leads some people to believe that, like, humans are actually eusocial organisms in a similar way to ants. That being said, ants are undebatably eusocial, while humans are just kind of near it. Um, one thing that I didn't uh, adequately explain, though, is that, um, you know, oftentimes people think, like, oh, humans are a lot more, like, individual than, like, quote-unquote lower animals, including, like, you know, like groundhogs and wolves and stuff like that. And it turns out actually by most definition, humans are actually way less individual than most other animals. Like we are only more individual than ants, like is what it looks like. Um, and like, I'm talking about individual in the sense of socialization. We can talk about individual differentiation because I think when people talk about this, they often think of individualism and individuality as the same thing when they're different with one being how much do you differ from your neighbors and the other being how much are you independent and they're often seen as hand in hand when they are not 
because like in order to be the most different from your neighbors, it's often best to be the most dependent on your neighbors, which is something that I found out and was very weird from reading about the levels of like sociality in the animal kingdom. Uh, so continuing on from that, um, I guess like, do you guys have any questions at this point or? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was like trying to figure out like the neighbors thing. Is it the dependency to, based off how different you are from them it's more like in order to be able to facilitate having specialization you need to be able to depend on other people to each to each fulfill each other's needs through like specialization of labor or production Uh, oh oh dang it now you're making me think of like actual office work but yeah Yeah. (laughs) like cover all your bases yeah yeah like uh, if i have if i have paperwork that needs to be opened, right? <laughs> like, uh, and like someone has to open the account, but then someone else has to like do the next thing, and then someone has to like code the thing that we use to do that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, in like in a works in a workers capitalism sense. Uh. <laughs> so new idea, Agretzko, but everyone is a terrifying ant. Oh uh, I love Agretzko. I love that show so much. It just occurred to me, I think Patrick posited this idea on a previous episode we were talking about, like, what if the Chimera Ants won? And it was just like, well, they just became capitalists again. <laughs> and it's like, well, now you have a Gretzko. Bam. It'd be like a cross between a Gretzko and, um, like, Promise Neverland. Because they still need sustenance. Oh, God. <laughs> so, real quick, there's this concept of the reversal to sol- uh, solitary in... Um, Ants, which is like some ants have this issue where like if the ecosystem collapses, some of them become individual hunters and kind of like survive on their own. But it's like a rare phenomenon. Um, And this does not happen in bees because bees are even, if I remember correctly, even more social than ants in a way that's like irreversible. Um, But this you might want to like keep your mind open to this possibility. Well, because like, honestly, I think Togashi probably did read an encyclopedia article or two about ants before making this saga because some of the wavering about individualism that happens throughout this in terms of like coordination versus individuality does kind of match this pattern of like ants can become solitary, form their own colonies and kind of go from there. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. So speaking of social structure, um, ants, uh, as mentioned earlier, vary across uh, species between being like packs of a couple dozen in let kind of like live in small holes in like, you know, like a cave wall to there are other species that have cities of literal millions, like tens of millions. Um, there are some, so there's a form of, I think that the Argentine, the Argentine ant uh, has colonized like a couple colony uh, has colonized a couple of the continents of the entire world and forms like cities of millions with like hundreds of thousands of Queens. Uh, and the way that they were able to do this, cause like ants are very territorial. So these ones are hyper inbred. And so like many of them are like very closely related. And so they can recognize each other as like more closely related enough to not have problems with each other. And, you know, you can argue about like any sort of comparison to human beings, but it is like interesting to know that there are species that form like cities as large as ours. Um, So the large colonies consist of various castes, including wingless females, most of whom are workers, uh, ergates, which it says ergates, but I I have a feeling in Latin would be like ergates. This is relevant in a a second. You'll see why. Or or soldiers, which are denergates or denergates. 
Uh, nearly all colonies have fertile male, uh, males and females, and the males are called drones and the queens are called gynes. Um, ants are often compared to humans due to both having division of labor, communication between individuals, and the ability to solve complex problems. Uh, ants also have this phenomena called uh, polymorphism, which if anyone's heard it here, it's probably in the context of programming, but like the word literally means many forms. And um, so ant species show morphological differences between ant casts. Most of them are due to environmental factors. And hey, guys, epigenetics is back. That thing we talked about a trillion years ago in Yu Hakusho. Uh, but basically various environmental factors control the expression of genes such that like various ants that are exposed to either more food, less food, better quality food, like develop entirely differently and become like bigger, smaller, or have like specialized jaws for different tasks. And like, I honestly think very strongly that this is the inspiration for the chimera ants because like the idea that you have such differentiation within one species based on biological causes while the me mechanism differs greatly is probably the root of this idea. Uh, let's see. And in addition to that, uh, oh, uh, various uh, workers and stuff can change over time, though. Like, it's not for the rest of their life. So a lot of workers start, like, taking care of, like, uh, pupa ants. And then they eventually start doing tasks in the ant hill. And when they're getting old age, most ant warriors, like most soldier ants, are actually, like, the eldest ants. And it's not because they're the most powerful. It's because they're the most expendable. So remember... Ant colonies are mostly like all females. So it's basically like, hey, what if you just send a bunch of like older women out to like guard your city at night? And uh, that's what you have with ants right now. So you got the ah. you got the old grandma crew like running <laughs> around. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about how ants fight. It's fucking terrifying because they like try to like bite holes into other ants or like other insects and then use the acid that spews out of their tail to melt them from the inside. It's a fucking nightmare. So much, imagine a bunch of grandmas going around stabbing dudes and then like putting acid in them. Welcome to ant society. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, so speaking of the ant life cycle, ants develop through complete metamorphosis from larva to pupa to adult. Uh, larvae are mostly immobile and cared for by workers who feed, uh, who feed them by regurgitating food to them from a pouch in their digestive system. Uh, this is also how adult ants share food with each other. So just imagine if, you know, this giant colony of all females just vomiting at each other. And then there's like little babies that they just vomit in the mouth of. It's, it's, yeah. I'm sure Don't... someone's into it. So yeah, someone is into this. This is definitely someone's fetish. <laughs> um, also, I'm just imagining all the, the pupas as uh, you know, the baby from dinosaurs, you know, the, like I'm the baby. I'm just imagining an entire nest full of those. Can you please repeat that line one more time? I'm the baby. Gotta love me. <laughs> And they're just there, and then they're just getting vomited in the mouth of it's. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, there's like you know, like a grandmother just walking by, just being like, "I've seen some fucking shit," and she just like has like a knife in her hand. You're like, ah, ah. Then you wake up in your bed and just like a cold sweat. Um. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, the differentiation into queens and workers, which are both female, and different casts of workers is influenced in some species by the nutrition and the larvae obtain. Genetic influence and the control of genes expression by the developmental environments are complex, and the determination of caste continues to be a subject of research. So basically, while we know some things, we don't know everything. There's a lot of changes where we're just like, we have no idea why the fuck that happened. Um, so new adults, so basically when things come out of their like pupa, like they spend the first couple days as like an adult in big quotes, 
taking care of babies. So just imagine if right after being a baby, it's like, well, you got to take care of the kids now. And you're like, mom is just over there and she's like 10 times your size. And she's just like laying more eggs. And she's like, I can't do shit. Please do this for me. It's like a CPS situation. (laughs) Oh, it really is. Yeah. Being an aunt sounds like the worst life imaginable. (laughs) Um, But anyways, males live. uh, Oh yeah. So, uh, they graduate to digging and working the rest of... Oh, yeah, I already told you about the, the grandma fighters. Um, that's the name of my new band. Uh, males live a couple of weeks while females uh, work for... While female workers live for one to three years with queen ants living up to 30 years, which is about 100 times as long as solitary bugs of their size, meaning that for, like, queen ants, this is a sick deal. But this comes with some strings because, like, while they're called queens, they're not really queens in the sense that we think of because, like they're like totally living for the rest of the hive. Like I watched a documentary. So in addition to reading the wikis, I I watched a couple documentaries and there was one where like after like hibernating for a a winter, all the ants came out to warm up and then they would bring their warmth back into the nest and like circulate like some sort of weird, um, you know, central heating. And the queen would go out to like, uh, like get warmed up and then she'd be like, Hey, yeah, I want to just chill out here, you know, with my buds and all my kids. And then, like, a couple workers would just, like, pull her into the, like, nest. It's like, you gotta get more, you gotta have more babies. You gotta have more babies. You're like, no, 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 I just want to chill. I just want to chill. And it's like, that is the one time she will see the sun that year. And it's just like, oh, God, this is a nightmare. Um, you know, real real society hours. We, we live in a society. Joker Joker queen here. Where was I? Oh, okay. So, reproduction and sexual dimorphism. Um... Among most Hymenoptera, sex is determined by chromosome count. So, you know, in humans, it's by whether you have, well, sex, not gender, is determined by whether you have XX or XY. But for ants, it's actually like, do you have pairs or do you have non-paired chromosomes? Uh, So among most Hymenoptera, sex is determined by chromosome count. Fertilized eggs get two sets of chromosomes, one from each parent's gametes, and develop into diploid females. Diploid meaning they have pairs. Um, unfertilized eggs only contain one set from the mom, meaning they are male, partial clones of their mother, aka haploids. Uh, you can see examples like this in a character who's a spoiler, uh, Kurapika, uh, Jesus? Uh, but anyways, uh, the act of fertilization is under the control of the female who gets to determine the sex of her offspring. Workers of a number of species can lay unfertilized eggs that become fully fertile haploid males. Um, so... I think some of this is interesting because I think, I think the, uh, I think the Royal Guard who will show up later, I will talk more about them when we get there, but I think this has something to do with like the way they're born in the manga being very different from the way they're born in the anime. And I think that was a detail that should not have been changed because they have like different moms, but anyways, uh, Contrary to popular belief, some ant nests have multiple queens, while others may exist without queens at all. We're, okay, this is ridiculous, but workers with the ability to reproduce are called gamergates, but the way that you would see this word, you would say gamergates, uh, and colonies, colonies that lack queens are then called gamergate colonies. Um, yeah, that seems a bit on the nose, but I swear to God, this is literally what they're called. Uh, colonies with queens are said to be queen right. Uh, and I think Patrick messaged me something to the effect of it's about ethics and ent- it's about ethics and entomology. Anyways, uh, so other factors that humans and ants are similar. Uh, ants communicate actually; they cannot speak 
you know, human speech, but the vibration thing that like most of the worker ants do is like legit. Like ants are uh, attuned to each other's vibrations and also smells, and they use pheromones, sound, and touch. Chemical signals are much more advanced than in other Hymenoptera, and they use chemical trails for foraging, so they like leave basically breadcrumbs of like chemical trails. Uh, crush ants also release an alarm chemical that either tells ants to get the fuck out of there or tells ants to get really pissed off and kill whatever the fuck killed them, like an avenge me cry. Uh, some of the ant species release propaganda scents that make other ants attack their own because they think they're enemies. Um, pheromones are passed in food for communication. So it's just like, hey man, check this out. They give you like, I don't know, like a chicken wing or something. You're like, why do I feel really fucking pissed off now? It's like, because I sprayed that chicken wing with like get angry juice. Man, ants. I'm glad we don't live like this. Uh, so as mentioned earlier, when a queen stops making a certain pheromone, the ants raise new queens. Uh, so before I get on to, to more, do you guys have any questions about the horrifying facts you've discovered? It's definitely really interesting, especially with communication. Because that's like one thing when you like, you for example, you're watching a trail of ants go into like the ant hole at like a side of the park. And you're like, what, how do they know what they're supposed to be doing and functioning and all that kind of stuff. So the pheromone stuff definitely makes sense. Um, it's not like, you know, Bugs Life or that terrible Woody Allen movie, Ants. <laughs> so where, they're, ugh, where they're like, it's Woody Allen voicing an ant. And that's just like terrible on all levels. Woody um, Allen, I thought it was, um, was it? Wasn't Woody Allen? Are you thinking of Tim, Seinfeld who was in Tim the Allen. movie? Tim oh, Allen. Tim Allen, the tool man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes it not as bad. It um, still makes it pretty bad. Yeah. Tim Allen sucks, but in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found the fact that you said like males live up to a couple weeks, but females could live up to um three years. So that's really interesting in terms of like how eat depending on the sex, their lifespan, I guess, and then, um. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I th I think there's a couple reasons for that. One of them, like a lot of them, have evolved in such a way that the males like literally can't shit or like you know can't feed themselves. So it's just like, well, you're just you got to do what you got to do for a bit. Or like, um, but like in other cases, since they have half the amount of chromosomes, mm -hmm. uh, because of that, like often they suffer from more genetic defects. But one thing that's interesting is that a lot of ants are heavily inbred, but. Um, an interesting fact about inbreeding, this is not to say anyone should ever do this, but unless you have a mutation already, inbreeding is not that harmful, which is why humans have been able to survive, even though at various points we were brought down to like 40, 40 humans, like in human history. Right. Um, but one, no one should do it. Fuck gross. But the reason I bring it up is because ants are able to survive this through a interesting genetic mechanism by which the ones who have the mutations die very young because they only have single chromosomes. So they don't have a second chromosome that can compensate for like having a bad coding pair. Um, it's, it's fascinating stuff. That one's definitely not relevant to Hunter Hunter, but I just thought it was crazy. Anyways, so uh, they also learn. Uh, many animals learn by imitation, but ants actively teach each other uh, where like say you know like where a, like one ant tutors another ant to show them like how to get food or things like that they basically like run alongside them and then show them things that the other one has to imitate so have you guys played parappa the rapper yeah uh the ants learn by virtue 
Yeah, the dog with the beanie. So you know how he's like learning in every scene and he's just like, step on the gas, step on the gas. It, imagine all ants doing that. So you got like murder grandmas, people throwing up food at each other and Parappa the Rapper having in an ant colony 24-7. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so controlled experiments show that some ants choose roles based on things that they turn out to be good for. So if ants like habitually cannot find food well, they just become soldiers. They're like, yeah, fuck it. I, I'm very bad at foraging. Let's become a soldier. And just like shit like that. So it's, it's pretty interesting that like not only is learning a thing, but also like realizing you're bad at something and doing something else is a thing. Um, so defense, I kind of already mentioned how they fucking murder each other, but like, I just want to also say that some ants have different chemicals rather than those acids. Like some of them have like red ant, like fire ants have, um, uh, pipiridine, I think, which just like causes like humans to get very itchy, but like fucking murders other insects. But, uh, okay. So here's some more crazy stuff that like I, I, I knew, but only recently, um, ants cultivate food and like in more ways than you might think. So, uh, some ants feed exclusively on fungi and grow them themselves. And it's a type of fungi that doesn't exist outside of their hive. So it's one that they basically bring into their hive and then like they bring a certain leaf that the fungi grows on and they cultivate it. So they are like actively farming like various types of fungi. Other ants raise and herd other animals. So they've discovered not only like farming, but like livestock and animal husbandry. So ants raise aphids who eat sugary things and then shit out sugary liquid. And then they eat their sugary liquid called honeydew. Uh, it's fucking crazy. To my knowledge, they're the only other species we know of that both farm, like the only species we know of besides us that farms, and they're the only species besides us that also participates in animal husbandry. Like, I, okay, I guess I've never really thought about it. I always thought aphids were baby ants for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but that's basically keep their own little bee colony. I don't think aphids are bees, but like, <laughs> they keep their own little livestock that's crazy it's it's fucking crazy yeah and so i think i've seen like political cartoons or like scientific cartoons where like ants have like cowboy hats on and are like wrangling aphids and so yes in addition to parappa the rapper murderous grandmas throwing up food into each other's mouths you also have cowboy ants I'll, i guess they're all cowgirls now that i think about it another thing they do is uh some also uh have like some also bring in caterpillars of this form of butterfly that they raise and they like keep them inside the nest and protect them because they also shit out that like honeydew that they can drink, um, which is like good for them. But like in the case of them, they actually have to milk them. So they massage their little bellies. So I just like imagine cute little caterpillars and then just like an ant going like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then like, it just like, ah, oh, that feels good. Uh, and yeah, you know, voices all included. This is, oh this gosh. happens every night in the, in the ant colony. What's fucked up though is that some of those caterpillars have evolved to eat the ant larva. <laughs> and so they fucking go into the like the like the 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 part where like all the larvae are and just start murdering them and then go back and they're like, I'm just a baby, nothing weird here. Um yeah, so ants fucking nightmare life. Uh, last thing, speaking of nightmare life, and this plays directly into Hunter Hunter, um, some ants have evolved a form of slavery in which they go to other ant species, capture their young, raise them as slaves, and make them do work for them. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. 
So, so like the not the ant version of what happened in Bugs Life. <laughs> oh, like, the cricket thing? The crickets like basically <laughs> enslaving the ants. <laughs> yeah, I guess except so the difference is that the the ants in this case have never known another life. And also, like, I think it's unclear whether they think they're the same type of ants. And it's, oh, shit. Yo, that's Gyro. Oh. Um, I mean, I, like, we, we have no confirmation whether that dude's his biological dad or not. But if he's not his biological dad, then that's mm. just Gyro. Um, but yeah, that's uh, what I want to tell you guys about ants. I legitimately do think that Togashi, in a very uh, Hirohiko Araki move, definitely read a lot about ants before making this saga. And not everything matches. Like, there are definitely things that, like, are completely different. But there are some things that match pretty one-to-one where I'm like, oh, I can definitely see how you got some of these ideas. Because it's clear he wanted to talk a lot about individuality and society and, like, social fabric. And, like, yeah, the, the two easiest things to talk about in comparison to humans are chimpanzees or ants and i think ants is the better choice because like just imagine like a saga of like just going and kilua fighting chimpanzees <laughs> the chimera chimp oh saga would suck oh my god but uh yeah do you guys have any uh questions or um want to tell me about nightmares you're gonna have now that you know too much about ants I feel like it's very it's all very interesting. I don't know if these in fact these facts are as scary as like other bug facts like the bug that can or the Paris is it a mold? It's a mold that can turn um bugs into zombies. I feel like that. It's a it's a fungus and it affects ants, yeah. yeah. The cordyceps fungus. Um yep. if anyone's played um what the fuck is the name of that game? This is Last, Last, Last of Us, us yeah. 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 Also, Ants is does star Woody Allen. So, so Hannah, you're right. I did not realize that. I always thought it was oh, Tim Ants. Allen. Oh, Bugs Life stars Tim Allen. Oh, and then Ants stars Woody Allen. The the ugly an- animation movie, the ugly one with Brant, mm-hmm. where they're all brown. That's yeah. a terrible one. Don't watch it. <laughs> I remember, what was the plot of that movie? Was it the same plot? No, it was very different. Okay. Yeah, it was complicated. I don't think, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. I think it's a, it, it's against termites. And then there's like a, there's like a coup against the queen. Um, Ants was like supposed to be for kids, but the plot very much reads like this is definitely for weird adults. Yeah, <laughs> very weird. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the ants. Those are really interesting ant facts, and I think they definitely get, especially with like the communication and stuff, will give context to like m- how like. Not just like how the chimera ants are acting, but like the conflict that arises and everything. Cause like there's gonna be interesting statements that like the queen makes with like her all the different chimera ants and how they are and all that stuff down the line. So yeah, no, it you're you're right, Joe. I think definitely Tagashi did a lot of research. She just wasn't like using chimera like ants as like a 
he didn't simply use ants as like a creature feature kind of thing for the story. There's like a lot more meaning behind it. Yeah, I uh, I'm definitely curious to talk more about this as more goes on because like I think anything we could say now would be anything we could say more now would be like very spoilery. But mm-hmm. I do think that it is interesting to realize our place in like the scale of sociality, like humans versus ants and like other animals. And reflect on how like a lot of like what humans perceive as individuality has a lot more to do with like learned behavior rather than individuality in the strictness of independence. And like that was something that like I guess like once I hear it, it's obvious and like all the factors are things we obviously knew. But like thinking about it was like a a statement I hadn't thought about before. So it was interesting to see. Oh, yeah. Um, So yeah, if you guys have any more thoughts uh, regarding these episodes or how they might or... Um, how things might reflect um, feel free to go for it otherwise uh, I'm down to take us out yeah um, I can do it do it all right thank you so much everyone for listening to the spirit hunters please hit us up with any questions or quests or just to chat with us at our facebook or twitter at spirit hunter pod also heads up um, check us out at patreon.com slash spirit hunter pod and join our patron only discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of hunter hunter you hawk show and much more and speaking of the discord if you want in but don't have the funds you can help us out by giving us a written review on apple podcasts just send us a link your discord username and enough evidence to connect the two and we got you the each review gets a surface to tens or hundreds more people. And finally, our intro and outro themes for today were made by Rifty Beat and Lightus DeLeon, respectively. Check them out on YouTube. And thank you to our editor, Tommy. Um, due to him, the rest of the crew can focus on um, doing more research and talking all things Sagashi. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye.